Welcome to Restore, a Good Shepherd Bible Church podcast. This podcast is designed to help you better lead or engage with your community group conversation. Each episode will review last week's sermon and probe a little deeper in order to help you process your Christian experience, life in community, and work on mission. Thank you for joining me. This is Restore. Well, uh, good morning and welcome, or whenever it is you're listening to this, it's morning for me, uh, Monday morning. And I uh, hope you're off to a good start for, for the day and for the week. Uh, welcome into Restore. Um, we're covering t- today Isaiah 9, 6, and the second Messianic title within that passage, uh, Jesus as our Mighty God. And uh, we we reference the term mighty there in the in the Hebrew, uh, as being a, a word that certainly um, describes strength, um, but it's it's not just strength like a like a man like who a, a guy who who works out and lifts and he looks in the mirror and he sees strength. Uh, this is actually a, a term that implies like military conquest, or uh, it could even it could even be in some ways translated like hero. God, like he, he is our wonderful counselor. He, he's our heroic God. He's, he's our mighty God in that sense. It's a military victory um, uh, applied here. It's, it's strength applied in terms of victory or conquest. So, uh, really interesting uh, Hebrew phrase here. Um, the, the, the context for Isaiah nine, and I, I kind of brought up a, an interesting. Um, I read a long portion of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol by way of relating this kind of context for, for where Israel is. Uh, but chapter 8, verses 21 through 22, uh, set up the context for uh, this title that Isaiah has this this vision for this Messiah who, who is to come. Uh, Israel will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry, and when they are hungry they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God, and turn their faces upward, and they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. So that's the context. It really is this very fearful, dark place, uh, and and really it's a place that Israel has no ability to rescue itself from. Uh, they were the ones who were disobedient to the covenant. They were the ones who were the, the covenant breakers, uh, and God in his faithfulness would have to would have to restore them. Uh, so really in Isaiah's prophecy, uh, I, I noted that there were two things that Isaiah is is hinting at. And the first thing is that God is going to remain faithful to them, no matter how dark it gets. God's faithful, faithfulness will shine through. Uh, and secondly, it's it, there's a, this promise that God is going to do war against their sin, um, which might, it's going to look like judgment at times, right? God's going to be angry and, and hostile uh, and vengeful of their own sin. Uh, and so what, what we end up seeing with those two things uh, heavily in place, God is going to come after them. He's, he's going to be faithful. He's going to keep coming towards them. Uh, 
but that he's going to have to enter into the fray and he's going to have to do war against their sin. Uh, it, you know, it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a surgeon. Uh, I, I used this illustration last night um, when when a surgeon is saying, "I'm going to help you. Um, we're going to walk through this disease together." You know, maybe it's cancer. Uh, you know, we're going to walk through this disease together. I'm going to come towards you. I'm I'm going to I'm going to make my way towards you. And we're going to have to do war. We're going to have to do war against this this virus or this sin or this disease. Um, and I, to do that, I'm going to have to come. I'm going to have to come in. And uh, and that's exactly what we see in the Savior. He's going to have to, you know, roll up his sleeves. He's going to incarnate here to this earth and and fight not just alongside us, but to fight for us because we we can't do it ourselves. And that's exactly what we see in our text here. And so I, I, I spent a lot of time yesterday walking through Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, um, and we discussed two major, major things presented here. Number one, God's promise of war, and then uh, we saw God's promised warrior uh, and what, what he looks like. So kind of the question is, um, how is God's might, how is his victorious might this this vision of from Isaiah that he is a mighty God. What does that what does that look like? Well, I think it's absolutely stunning. In in verse one, um, we have this description, but there will be no gloom. So we did, he just presented that there's the context for this vision is there's gloom and darkness. Okay, there's the in the, in the face of death, like an Ebenezer Scrooge and the Ghosts of Christmas Future. Uh, if things don't change, there will be darkness and only darkness and, and death. Well, that's Israel's plot, uh, plight, excuse me. And um, he starts off chapter nine. There will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And in the latter time, he made glory. He has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Uh, I, I talked that there's there's an importance to the geography here. Uh, Zebulun and Naphtali have a rich tradition as, as tribes of Israel. Um, there, there's a lot of significance to them, uh, and there was a lot of blessing uh, attached to them as, as well, uh, especially the land of, of Naphtali. And uh, there's also this, this discussion of time. In, in the former time, in their sin, Israel in the original context here, they were brought into contempt. In other, in other words, they were brought to nothing. Their significance had totally been lost. Their sin had rendered them absolutely useless uh, when it comes to uh, when it when it comes to their their faithfulness to God and their use usefulness in God's kingdom. They had been been rendered nothing, and uh, that was in the former time because of their sin. But Isaiah sees something in the latter time that's uniquely different. In the latter time, this way of the sea will be made glorious. So Naphtali and Zebulun northeastern tribes of, of Israel, uh, there, there was a path, it was a trade route um, that actually uh, in, invaders, as the Assyrian army came in and, and invaded, uh, they, they really hijacked this particular trade route. And so uh, the, the influxes from other nations, the impurities from other nations, flooded into Nebulun and, uh, uh, Zebulun and Naphtali uh, first and really the most easy because of this, this trade route. So it was really uh, kind of this indictment initially that they were called Galilee of the nations or this way of the sea. Why? Because sin was brought in this way. 
And yet, what Isaiah is seeing is that the the way of brokenness or the means of this kind of brokenness and contemptuousness is now going to be made glorious. Zebulun and Naphtali, what was brought to nothing, now within Zebulun and Naphtali, there will be something glorious within it. There will be kind of uh, where there was deadness, there will be life here. And that's why he says in verse 2, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness on them, a light has shone. Uh, instead of decreasing the nation because of their sin, they will be increased, verse 3. Instead of their joy decreasing because of their sin, because of this miraculous new thing in the, in the latter time, there will now be increased joy. Um, he even mentions there at the end of verse 3, uh, they will be as glad as when they divided spoil. So like a warrior who, who goes to war and, and brings back the spoil of war for the people, there there will be a time in these latter days when uh, when God himself will act on behalf of his people and bring the spoils back to his people really by means of, of grace. Uh, the yoke of his burden, the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. Just like it was in the great uh, battle victory of, of Midian, so it will be here in the latter times for Zebulun and for Naphtali. Why? And that's so that's that's God's promise of war. He's, he's going to do war against our sin. He's going to intervene. Well, how is he going to do this? Who is God's promised warrior? Well, we see this in verse 6. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, is given. The government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Of course, we know that this is Jesus, and this is picked up in Matthew's gospel as well. Matthew actually indicates that uh, this prophecy is particularly fulfilled in uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew four twelve through seventeen. Uh, we noted this this text yesterday, but I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, now, when Jesus had heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, the northern. Part, uh, portion of, of Israel. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, uh, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death on them, a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. So we see that this is, this is a direct fulfillment. Jesus himself dwelling and ministering in these uh, northeastern areas to the Gentiles is exactly what we see as the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy here. He, Jesus himself, in, by, by way of his incarnation, he has come to us and this miraculous light has been shined in the darkest of places. Um, and this this led us to, to really comprehend Hebrews uh, chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children, uh, that's, that's you and me, share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. 
My friend, this is this is what we were talking about last last night. The and this is why I mentioned Scrooge and kind of the fearful moment of the ghost of Christmas future. You know, tell me, Scrooge says that that these things can be altered. That the future can be altered if we just do a little bit more and try a little bit harder. Um, and my friends, that is our fear. But certainly, the answer is no. That's all, all of our futures. Even if we do try harder, even if we can contribute all that we can contribute, um, our our apart from Jesus Christ, apart from His mighty victory for us, uh, that is our fate. Death is our fate. Eternal judgment for our sin is our fate. And uh, with Jesus, though, with His victory, He has through death destroyed the power of death. And really, again, God enters into the brokenness. He doesn't go a different way. Remember, he, he made promises to us, to Israel, and he doesn't say, all right, well, Israel failed. I'm going to go a different way. Or he doesn't say, well, you know, I can't work with people at Good Shepherd Bible Church because they, they just can't get their act together. I'm going to, I'm going to use a different thing. No, he takes what he has, what he has already promised and committed to as broken as it is. And he does victory. He, he, he does, he enacts war he accomplishes victory for those people, through those people, in those people, in our hearts. And so Jesus dwelling with us, God with us, a child being born to us, a son being given to us, that is what God's victory looks like. That is what his might looks like. Just like in, in Zebulun and Naphtali, they were in darkness and you see Jesus then, several years later, walking around these regions, preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. My friend, that is a, a sure sign of God's might. It looks lowly and it looks humble. And certainly this would be uh, uh, resonating within even Mary's Magnificat. We had it kind of sung to us. Uh, Quentin, Quentin sang a song for us that, that was directly from Mary's Magnificat. Uh, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices within me for God has looked on my humble estate and counted me blessed. And that's, that's truly, that was Mary's, that was Mary's victory. Jesus has come low. Jesus was born in a manger. A child was given to us. A son was given to us. Uh, and that is why we can say that he is a, a mighty God. He enters into the brokenness and he brings light in the darkness, life to the death. And so through his death and through his resurrection, we too have life that is free of judgment. And we can certainly rejoice in the spoils of Jesus's victory. Uh, I'd be really curious to, to, for you guys to really open up to one another. Um, and I, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't know if you want to do this in small groups or in a larger group, a larger context, um, what might be the things that, like Scrooge, give you the most fear of judgment? Where, what areas, pockets of your life do you sense the most brokenness? Where, where is your uh, Zebulun and Naphtali of your heart, right? Where, where have the idols flooded? Where, where has the, the holiness been lost? Where does that source of, of judgment spring within your heart? Um, because don't be surprised if in those areas, Jesus shines the brightest, that the light shines brighter in that darkness, that there's actually more rejoicing in those places, more victory 
sensed, more uh, more multiplication happening, more life in in vivaciousness uh, happening in in those places of your heart um, than in any other. Why? Because Jesus's victory happens in the darkest of places, uh, and that that would be in our heart. Maybe it would be a good thing to share. Like, hey, hey, guys, this week, here's where I experienced a great fear of judgment. And, you know, praise be to God in Christ that he has given us the victory. He has come. A child has been given uh, so that there's no more condemnation for me. There's, there's, no, there's no more judgment happening uh, because of what Christ has done. I, I just think that would be cool things for you guys to rejoice in uh, and to, to speak to one another. Um, but maybe, maybe you'd have that kind of time of, of opening up to one another, the, the deepest darkest places of, of judgment. Where, where, where do you face that? Where do you feel that? Where is your Zebulun and Naphtali of your heart? All right, guys, uh, enjoy your community group. Don't forget to build your ginger structures for the Christmas gingerbread. Gosh, come on. Seriously. Oh, get out of here. All right. Gingerbread structures, uh, for the Christmas party. We'll see you Friday. Can't wait.